Chapter 17 of Titus, A Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, A Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 17. We have very little today so far, said the child, only a few farthings and he rattled the coins in a small brass cup, and cried out to a passer-by, Wilt thou not have pity on a blind man? No, he hath gone by without even looking. Well, child, said the blind man wearily, thou knowest that there are so many of us beggars in Jerusalem. But not born blind, insisted the child in a tone of pride. The two were sitting in one of the beautiful porches of the temple. Assuredly a pleasant spot, for the pillared portico sheltered them from the sun, and the breezes blew softly in this lofty place, when the heat in the city below was well-nigh unbearable. Day after day they came there, the man and the tiny child with his dark curls blowing about his eyes. Early in the morning they waited for the temple gates to open. Once admitted, they sat all day under the shadow of the portico, at noon sharing the scanty meal of bread and olives which the man brought in his wallet, and at night trudging wearily home with the earnings of the day. To the blind man the temple was home, and he loved it. The child had told him over and over of the wonderful great stones of pure white marble of which it was built, of its courts shining with gold, and of the priests in their gorgeous robes. They could hear the chanting of the almost never-ending service from their place on the porch, and catch spicy whiffs of the incense as it floated out on the warm air. Morning and evening the child led him into the court of the temple where he took part with the congregation in the service of the hour and now, as he sat leaning back against one of the great pillars, fragments of the prayer of adoration came back to him. Blessed be thou by whose word the world was created. Blessed be thou for ever. Blessed be thou who hast made all out of nothing. Blessed be he who has pity on the earth. Blessed be he who has pity on his creatures. Blessed be he who richly rewards his saints. Blessed be he who lives forever and is forever the same. Blessed be he, the Saviour and Redeemer. Blessed be thy name. Blessed be thou, O Eternal, our God, King of the universe, all-merciful God and Father. Ah, if he would but have pity on me, blind, useless clod, yet am I strong and shall live, yes, live long and beg. And the man silently clenched his strong hands. Here are more passers-by, said the child. Have mercy, kind masters, have mercy on one born blind. The quick ear of the blind man heard the steps of a number of men coming along the marble pavement. Now, as the cry of the child shrilled forth, they paused. Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The head of the blind beggar sank upon his breast as he heard these words. The old question, had he not heard it from his youth? I am accursed, he thought, he who hath pity on his creatures, yet punishes the innocent for the guilty. But what was it that the rabbi was saying? assuredly something new and strange. Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, the light of the world. The man had raised his head now, and was straining his sightless eyes in the direction of the voice. Presently he felt the touch of something cool and soft on his sunken lids. Go, said the mysterious voice again, wash in the pool of Siloam, and the sound of the steps died away. "'Come!' said the beggar, rising and stretching forth his hand to the child. "'Come!' 
They gave us no money, said the child complainingly, and he put wet clay on thine eyelids. Why did he do it? Hold thy peace, child, said the man. Take me to the pool. I will wash, even as he bade me. Down, down the marble steps went the twain. I heard them call the man Jesus, said the child softly. Then after a moment he cried, Stay, master, here is the pool. Kneel down, I will hold thy robe. Now if thou wilt reach out thy hand, thou canst touch the water. The old man plunged his hand and arm deep into the gurgling water and dashed it over his eyes. Then he drew back silently, with so strange a look on his face that the child cried out, What is it? What hath happened to thee? The man did not seem to hear him, for without answering he raised his hands to heaven and cried in a loud voice, We would praise thee, eternal Lord God. We would laud and magnify thee with songs of thanksgiving and praise. We do homage to thy name, our King, our God, the only one, he who liveth forever. O Lord, whose name is glorious for ever and ever, blessed be thou, O eternal, for thou hast, by the hand of thy servant, saved me out of the darkness and out of the blackness of night. My sin is hidden, and the sin of my parents is covered. Verily thou hast in thy mercy remembered one who was cut off and accursed. Praised be the Lord, who is ever and eternally worthy to be praised. The child regarded him with awe, for he saw that the closed and sunken eyes were open, and that they were full and bright even as his own. His name was Jesus, he repeated, not knowing what he said, for his childish brain was dazed with wonder. The man now turned and regarded him steadfastly. Thou art the child, he said at length. I am he who hath led thee forth at morning and at evening, answered the child, trembling. Thou shalt lead me forth no more. Thanks be to the Eternal One. From henceforth I shall care for thee. Wilt thou come with us before the Pharisees and confess this thing, even as thou hast told it to us? Assuredly, answered the beggar. I will gladly make known my deliverance. Would that I knew my deliverer, that I might kiss the hem of his garment. I believe him not, said one of the group of neighbors who were gathered around him. "'Tis one who resembleth the blind man, and that marvellously. "'But why should he lie to us in the matter?' questioned another. "'What would it profit him?' "'Nay,' said the man earnestly, "'I lie not. "'I am he that was born blind, and my eyes were opened, "'even as I declared unto you.' "'Most worthy and revered members of the council,' said a Pharisee, "'whose pious mien, broad phylactery, and flowing robes "'marked him a zealous religionist.' I have brought before thee for examination a man who reports a miracle wrought in his behalf, in that this miracle was unlawfully wrought upon the Sabbath day, it merits thy consideration. Thou hast done wisely, good sir, said Caiaphas, with a stately inclination of the head. Then, turning to the beggar, he continued, Speak, fellow, and make known thy case for our judgment. I have little to tell, said the man simply. One who is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed, and I received sight. This statement was received with ominous frowns and solemn shakings of the head by the august assembly. Finally one spoke, This man Jesus is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. He hath repeated this offence many times already, as is known to all of us. But how, said Nicodemus, can a man that is a sinner do such a miracle? What sayest thou who wert healed of this Jesus? I think that he is a prophet, replied the man. Let me advise, said another member of the council, that an officer be sent to fetch the parents of this man, that we may question them of the matter. This being approved and acted upon, the members of the council engaged in whispered consultation one with another, while the beggar stood apart and watched the scene with his quick, bright eyes. 
Presently the officer returned, accompanied by an old man and a woman heavily veiled. As they entered the room, they cast a furtive glance at their son, then made humble obeisance to the assembled dignitaries. Caiaphas regarded them in silence for a moment, then demanded with a frown, Is this man in our presence thy son, who ye say was born blind? How is it that he doth now see? The old man again made obeisance, and spreading abroad his hands, and lifting his shoulders apologetically, answered, Most noble lord, we know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not, for who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, therefore ask him, he shall speak for himself. Stand forth, said Caiaphas imperiously to the beggar. The man came forward and stood beside his parents. The high priest looked at him threateningly, but the bright eyes did not flinch. Thou shalt be dealt with after thy deserts, if thou hast not a care, at length, said the high priest. Confess the truth concerning this matter, and give God the glory for thy cure, if such it be, for we know that the man Jesus is a sinner. The beggar straightened himself. A clear light blazed from his eyes, and in a tone which rang through the council chamber like a trumpet, he made answer. Whether this man be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. For a moment there was silence in the place. Then an old man, who had hitherto not spoken, craned his neck forward and said patronizingly, What was it that he did to thee? How opened he thine eyes? And again the beggar made answer, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? We are disciples of Moses, said Caiaphas, his eyes flashing with anger. Tis such low-born beggars as thou who are disciples of this man. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Why, herein is a marvellous thing, said the beggar sneeringly, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshipper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Vile wretch of a beggar, said Caiaphas, rising in his wrath, thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? Get thee hence from this sacred place, and dare not to enter it again on pain of thy life. And the man went forth, sad at heart, for he longed with a great longing to see the glories of the temple. Now as he walked, continually lifting his eyes to the shining walls from which he was henceforth to be shut out, he heard a voice speaking to him, and turning he saw one who looked at him with a grave yet sweet look, so that his heart was mightily stirred within him, though he knew not why. And the man spake to him, and he knew the voice. It was that of him who had bidden him wash in the pool of Siloam. Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And the beggar, trembling, made answer, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Then the beggar fell down at his feet, and kissed the hem of his garment, crying out, Lord, I believe. Now it happened that some of the Pharisees who had cast him out of the temple were standing near and heard it. And Jesus, seeing their angry looks and reading the thoughts of their hearts, turned and said unto them, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Then the Pharisees answered him scornfully, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see. Therefore your sin remaineth. End of chapter 17